0: This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of The Law School Show. This is Chris. Today, we're talking about the Artist's Legal Advice Service. Before I delve into that, let me say that I commend you for taking the time to go out and seek information, info that's going to help you build your career, marry who you are as a person with your legal practice. Invaluable. This is the 2016 Call out. The law school show is looking for new team members. Specifically, we're looking for new project managers. Our PMs develop topics for the podcast episodes. They coordinate and execute interviews and they produce the final audio for air. This means that our PMs are thinking about what is important for career development. It means they're developing relationships with people in the profession, networking like crazy. And ultimately, they're crafting communication skills by asking solid questions and managing interviews. The time commitment is a minimum of two hours per week, starting as soon as you possibly can. To apply, please send your resume along with a one-paragraph email explaining why you believe you're a good fit for the team. Send it to info at com Deadline to apply, March 31 at 11.59 p.m. Now, Alas, Artists, Legal Advice Services. Um, wonderful, in a word. Alas is operated by a collection of lawyers and volunteer law students for more than a decade. Three decades, to be precise. This is the 30th anniversary of Alas. Alas, has been helping artists, actors, musicians, dancers, writers, and filmmakers address their legal problems by providing summary legal advice for free. Specifically, we're talking with Paul Sanderson and Warren Sheffer today. Both Paul and Warren act as duty counsel, providing free legal advice for artists of all disciplines, Both Paul and Warren also sit on the board of directors for Alas. In this episode, they talk about what Alas is, the services it actually provides, and the people it is servicing. They also talk about some of the challenges Alas faces, and what Artist Legal Advice Services is going to look like moving forward. Dig in, enjoy, if you're interested in entertainment law, if you're interested in helping, this is for you. Paul Warren, how are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks. Doing great. All right, let's start off with the big question. What is the ALAS mandate?
0: Warren. Paul, do you want, to, uh, do you want me to handle that? Go oh, for go for it. Okay. Um I think you know, just quote simply, it's to provide free summary legal advice to artists of all disciplines. Um so you know, that I I I think that is it in its uh uh you know, at its uh, at its core. And uh we uh, you know just try to uh you know make uh you know give give legal uh, summary legal advice to uh people in the in the art world that might not otherwise be able to uh to get it for um you know a variety of reasons, but I think first and foremost just uh, uh the cost.
2: Yes, for sure. I agree, Warren.
1: Define artist for me. Yeah, sure. So I mean when I when I speak of artist, I mean
0: um, Talking about the people that we serve and, and typically those are people that uh uh you know work in music, film, writing, photography. Uh we have helped people in dance before. Um and these may be uh uh you know, people that are um hobbyists, but for the most part, uh uh I think the people that do come to us are coming to us because uh, they've been presented with opportunities, uh, commercial opportunities, to uh, to exploit their work. Um, and they're uh, you know, looking for advice on, on the best going forward in, in that regard.
2: Okay, yeah, nice. I, I think it's just basically people that are trying to make their living, practicing uh, in their profession, whether it be visual arts, musicians, filmmakers, etc.
1: Give an example uh, of an issue... Um, that that LS is best suited to helping artists resolve.
0: Um, well, I mean, I think there, there's there's no real one best example because we do deal with such a wide, you know, like a, a, a varied group of uh, of artists. But um, it, it's not uncommon, for example, uh, for a musician to come to us with uh, uh, a recording agreement, and uh, we just like. Uh, some advice on, uh, you know, whether the agreement is a good one. Um, you know, another, you know, typical example might be, uh, a photographer who, uh, comes to us, uh, perhaps entered into an agreement where they, uh, the photographer has licensed his or her images to a client, uh, to find out, you know, the client has, uh, used the, the images in an unauthorized way. Or maybe just hasn't paid uh and uh that uh photographer is looking uh to us uh for some practical suggestions on uh, how he might proceed. Um, so we uh you know during the course of our um, duty council sessions we'll we'll meet with um, that uh that, that artist for about uh, half an hour. Um if they do have a written agreement, we'll, uh, you know, take a look at that, uh, as best as we can in the allotted time. And, uh, just, you know, provide, um just that, that kind of general advice, that summary advice on, uh um, you know, how, how we feel the, uh, the artist may want to tackle, uh, the, uh, the problem. Um it, it's summary advice because we don't uh, we don't get into uh representing uh people in court. Uh we don't negotiate uh contracts uh for uh for artists, we don't draft uh agreements. Uh so it you know it really is just about, you know, trying to uh assess the situation for uh the artists that come to us and, and trying trying to point the person in in you know in the right direction and just give uh that person um you know, an overall sense of uh, their their rights and, and, possibly, their obligations. You know, depending on the uh, the circumstances.
2: Yeah, I would agree uh, with Warren. Um, whatever we can do in that half hour by way of legal advice, that's what we do. We don't we don't do follow up. We don't write a letter, as as Warren was saying. We don't draft a contract. We're not in court for them. Strictly summary
1: advice. Half hour with a lawyer. Who's on staff at Alice?
0: We don't have any staff. We um, uh, So we are made up. Uh, first, I, I was explaining a, a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, there's a not-for-profit uh, corporation uh, that runs the lab. It's called a lab, right. uh which is Artists and Lawyers uh, for the Advancement of Creativity. Uh, we're made up of uh, an eight-director uh, board. Uh, all of us are uh, lawyers. Uh, and the overwhelming majority practice in the uh, arts and entertainment uh, uh, field. Uh, again, the overwhelming majority of those uh, directors are also the ones that uh, provide uh, duty counsel. And then as far as uh, administrative functions go, uh, those are largely dealt with by um, uh, students at the uh, Faculty of Law uh, at the University of Toronto, uh we've also um worked over the years with uh students uh from August. Uh so they uh will go about uh uh you know doing I guess what you could loosely call you know, staffing in, in the sense that they're right. uh they organize uh the, the scheduling for the interviews. Uh they send out schedules uh, to the beauty council, they do some other uh, administrative things like you know, help with uh, website uh, uh administration.
1: Uh, you know, checking telephone messages, uh, and uh, things of that sort. So Alice turns 30 this year, is that true? That's right. right, Well, congratulations, no doubt. Um, What are some of the strengths that it has built up over the past three decades?
0: I think Paul should handle that. Given that he is uh, one of the, uh, the the founders of the organization,
2: I, I guess. Uh, well, that's a very good question. I, I, I think over the years, over the decades, I, I like to think that we've we've made things better for artists, primarily in Toronto. That's that's who we service. Um, what's remarkable about Alas, uh, as it approaches its thirtieth in May of this year, um, are that three. Out of the four original uh board of directors are still active in it for for over thirty years
1: that says a lot
2: yes it, it 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 does and the other thing that that really i found very heartening um is part of our history a couple of years ago we had we had originally had funding through the legal aid um uh of, of Ontario to pay duty counsel to actually um give the advice. We were under the legal aid plan. That was removed. So now we are basically a pro bono service. Uh, the directors never received any money, nor did the volunteers, only the duty counsel, and that's gone now. Every single duty counsel that was formerly paid at duty counsel rates, legal aid rates, stayed on to do it for free. So that speaks volumes about the people that we have that are the lawyers that are involved. I also think, alas, when it first started, and and even to this day, one of the big selling points of it, besides the fact that it allows an entry point for artists that really don't have very... Um, much f- financial means to have access to lawyers that have truly have expertise in arts and entertainment field um, now the arts and entertainment bar has grown over 30 years of course but when we first started uh it was a much smaller bar so to have access with people that had that type of expertise and, and not have to pay for it is is a pretty significant you know, impact. I think, and uh, and and value to their to their career.
1: Well, Paul, I know I know you're an artist in your own right, Warren. Do you are you um, personally involved in creating art as well?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't call what I create art, <laughs> sadly. No, I mean, I. Um, I interestingly, I have uh, I, I picked up piano a few years ago and dropped it. Uh, and i've recently uh, uh resumed it consistently over the past uh, uh year i've gobbled in uh, saxophone over the years but uh nothing um no, nothing serious and i don't i don't um you know claim to be uh a uh, you know a musician in the way that paul certainly is
1: what are the biggest problems alas faces as it turns thirty
2: i think i think as with all not for profits it's always a constant uh need to be to have funding that's really what it boils down to yeah yeah yep, that's what I see um, so um you know we do accept donations and we do some fundraising activities, hopefully our thirtieth anniversary celebration will also result in some um fundraising uh, that that we need to keep going. We don't need a lot of money, but we do certainly need several thousand dollars. To keep it going by way of, um, costs that we have for phone and rent and internet, for example. Let's,
1: um, let's talk about that celebration for a second. Is that, is that something that's going to be, uh, public or what's the, what's the loose plan?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I believe that's the intent. It would be open to the public for sure and hopefully c- celebratory in nature. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Not just a fundraiser. Yeah. We're, we're still in the planning stages. We're looking at September of this uh, year to, uh, so far we're looking at potentially at, uh, holding something at Hughes Room that would be performance based, likely with, uh, a silent auction combined with it and hopefully some luminary speakers that have been, you know, either supportive or, or been involved with, alas, over the, over the years as well. That's So far, that's the way it's uh, looking like it's taking shape.
1: Sounds like a party. So let's talk a little bit about artists and legal services in, in general. general. Give an example of some of the common legal problems that artists face.
2: Well, I, I, I'll, I'll wade in on that, and Warren, you're welcome to. Yeah, yeah, yeah you go ahead, Paul. Um, there are a lot of copyright issues, and uh, so we deal with those uh, across all disciplines. We service primarily, it looks like, about 80% of our client base uh, is are musicians and visual artists, uh, and the other 20% uh, seem to fall into the other disciplines, whether it be actors or filmmakers, book writers, etc. cetera. Um, so contracts and copyrights, those are the f- core fundamental issues. Uh, we get other issues as well. Sometimes you might get a, 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 a lease issue, for example, with a, a visual artist. Right. Um, uh, you know, maybe a trademark issue. That, anything to do with intellectual property might be fair game. But by and large, the, 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 the two main areas would be contracts and copyright. Yeah. I, I would uh, I, I'd echo
0: that. And I think, I mean, I find a lot of what we do is uh, – just explaining um the copyrights that the the artist has, um and also you know letting them know like just kind of general concepts around licensing those rights. Um I'm always uh um well, I shouldn't say surprised, but uh it's not uncommon in my experience uh, to you know, have a visual artist come in. Um or, or, or any other uh, artist that has moral rights and, and doesn't doesn't really understand what moral rights are. Right. Uh and you know, a lot of the uh uh the issues that that, that come to us or problems uh, can indeed be like, you know, a violation of uh, the artist's moral rights, but uh, uh the artist doesn't actually know um that uh he or she has those uh has those rights. So a lot of it I mean there's there's a um a large uh education uh component I think to what we do in, in educating the artist. I should also say there's there's an education component um just either to the, the the students uh that uh we work with too I I you know I was saying earlier that they uh fulfill a uh in an, an administrative uh function. One of the things that we haven't mentioned yet though is the students actually sit in on the sessions that we have with the audience. So it's um I, I think a, a a good way for um the, the students to gain a uh, you know measure of clinical uh experience. Um and I, I think that that's one of uh you know, I think in talking in terms of strengths of the lab, I would uh you know identify that as another uh strength just what we're able to do in terms of uh um, you know being able to teach.
1: Yeah, yes, that's for sure. That's a massive advantage. You know, speaking as someone who's going through articles now, like the opportunity to actually be in the room with a you know a quote unquote client in the case of Alice yeah. is, is yes, you know yes, is, is sure. massive. You you just don't get to see that. You don't get to see the interaction. You don't get to um you know see the look in someone's eye when they're asking you questions and when they're listening to what you're saying. So that that goes a long way. Um,
2: yeah, you know, I I recall back to the to today's when I articled and had that advantage, and I also found you know it, it takes when speaking about practicing it often takes another two three years after articling to really know how to handle clients and and sure. handle a file matter. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's right. I think that's
2: right. Yeah, it takes a lot of practice. It really does. And the other thing that Warren touched on, which I think is really important, um, we have a dual mandate. Yes, we've been focusing on the service, but we do do educationals as well in the community. Seminars, workshops, whatever, you, you will. We've done a number of those and over the last, well, certainly over the decades, quite a few, but we've been more active on that front again. Uh, i a number of uh, seminars over the last uh, couple of years, for sure.
1: you? Do you partner with any other events or organizations like Canadian Music Week, North by Northeast?
2: Uh, no, we haven't. I, although we've, I've approached, uh, on behalf of the board, I've approached uh, CMW, but so far we haven't had any uh, <laughs> any takers.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm just curious. I'm assuming that the students that are involved with you guys are interested in a a potential entertainment law practice. As far as the size of the entertainment (coughs) bar, it's relatively small. What art sector, whether it be film or music, is the largest source of entertainment law work in Canada?
2: I'd like to weigh in on that. Um, I think it depends how you quantify it. Um, If you're looking at Budgets uh, and and legal billings, most likely film TV work. Right. If you're looking at volume, maybe music. But I don't know if any Chris, if any of this has been quantified. I'm not aware
1: of
0: any. Yeah, I'm not aware of uh, any. But I I agree with your assessment,
1: Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean collo- colloquially, that's that's what I hear as well. Is that you know film TV. Um, there might be more money there, but um, so that's curious. Why is it that you know you think you see eighty percent of your the people going through Alasar are involved in music? Um, no, uh, f- about
2: forty percent is music, and the other forty percent visual artists. So eighty percent of visual artists and music combined.
1: Oh, okay, I see, I see, I see. I was,
2: that is pretty high, and that's yeah. pretty indicative. I think the other. The other visual art side of it comes because our our originally when we first started and when we needed for the legal aid mandate we needed a, a basically a sponsor in the in the field that would allow us to um to make the pitch to to legal aid that we should be uh funded through the program so um it was a logical tie in because I had worked as a summer student with CARFAC uh and helped write their their book of contract precedents for their visual artist members. Yeah. So years later, uh, about three years later, when I was finally called to the bar and had been working with Marion and David, who were still on the board, <clears throat> who are directors, to, and had came, come up with the idea that it would be a good idea to try and set up something like a last. But, And the reason being is because when I was working at, as it was then called CARO, Canadian Artist Representation Ontario, which is the Ontario branch of CarFact, the National Visual Arts Advocacy Association. Their executive director is being peppered all day with, with questions about copyright and legal issues and going, this is an executive director, this is not a lawyer. This is yeah. some, and it's a waste of your time, you know. Mm-hmm. You should be doing something more directed towards your, your job, you know, it really slowed him down. Um, and I went, there's a need for this. So, um, they became the, the sponsor organization. And I, and I think because of that, to this day, we, we have a, we, we rent space from Carfax to do our interviews. And I think there's more awareness in the visual arts of the service because of that. There's been a long association with, with, with Carfax. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, uh, totally makes sense. Um, so Paul, how'd you start it?
2: <laughs> well, I don't claim, uh, all credit by any means. We, 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 it was co-founded. At best, I can claim co-founding because believe me, if you're doing something like this and it is volunteer, <clears throat> you need people to, to help pull it together. And I, I was very fortunate mm-hmm. to have. Marion Hebb, uh, and David Warren. David Warren I met, uh, when I was in law school. We, we were in the, the joint, uh, Osgood, uh, U of T uh, entertainment law program, the very first they ever offered. Mm-hmm. And Marion became the, an advisor on the first edition of the artist agreement books that Carfax publishes for their visual art members. So, um, we were active in, 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 in the kind of the political area. And I thought, Gee, the idea came when I was working with, like I said, with Caro, and I went, when I become called to the bar uh, and I finished writing my second book, The Musicians and the Law, that became a priority to, to try and help set that up. So it took us about a year of networking and meetings, and we were very surprised, collectively, all of us, including Gary Conway, who was then the executive director of Caro that the legal aid um system would said kept saying yes we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll find a, a summary vice service along the lines you're proposing. So it the, what took us the longest was to actually find a venue because we wanted always to be in an arts venue. We're yeah. offered all sorts of other places like libraries or other boardrooms. We went, No, 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 this has to be in the arts community. That's what this servicing. So it took us about a year, and we needed to comply with all the legal aid guidelines, including uh, accessibility with people who had who, who you know who needed that that might might have been um, you know physically challenged to get into the premises. So we finally found one, and then it did a launch date. And uh, it, but that took that took about a year of, of
1: networking and meetings, and uh, it was launched in May of 1986. Were you? Uh... How junior were you then in terms of being called to the bar?
2: That's a good question. Uh, that would have been... I was called to the bar in 1983. Yeah, so... so that would have been three junior. years out. Right. And it, it, remember, it took me the first 83, 84 to actually write Musicians in Law in Canada. That was pretty much full-time as it was building my practice. And then I was fortunate enough to... Um, uh... get a contract position with the Ontario arts council i did some legal work for them on film and video censorship which is a big issue at the time mm-hmm. and uh... and we kept building the practice and and that's then i after i finished the book and it was published i had the time to focus on helping set up the last
1: so nice. it was about
2: three years out
1: well oh, that's inspiring i like it um, Warren, let, let's talk about your, your personal practice um outside of Alas. I know you work with uh Heb Scheffer. you know, broadly speaking, you um are an expert in IP and business law. Um early on in your career you were with Faskin Martineau. Um what's uh what's keeping you busy today work wise?
0: Um, well I mean I do uh I, I do a lot of uh, corporate commercial work uh with um and, and like Paul, I you know, I, I most of my client base is uh uh is artists I, I still do a little bit of work with um uh small software uh software companies uh but you know as far as what of what I do on a day and day out basis uh i'm you know advising um uh authors some musicians on uh various types of uh of contracts um I help people set up businesses. I do shareholder agreements uh some trademark work um i also work with uh organizations uh that uh represent um uh, authors or uh uh and or performers um and uh, where that in you know, the work where that is concerned is uh you know, t- tends to be of a like of a of a corporate nature um yeah, so I mean I, I would say that, that that's just, you know, that, that's just the, the area that uh uh you know that I practice in and it's uh, the kind of work that's uh keeping
1: me busy these days. How about you, Paul? Are you working exclusively in entertainment?
2: Uh yes. Uh although I do uh, augment um especially client base with uh corporate, just like Warren and trademark work. I'm a trademark agent and have been since
1: nineteen eighty six. All right. Um, is it is it hard to be a dedicated entertainment lawyer?
2: <laughs> I think it's hard to be a lawyer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning that quickly.
2: <laughs> but uh, I, well, it has its own challenges and its own rewards, like anything else. I think if you're really smitten by the idea, and and sometimes I actually use the word obsessed, and then, then it's for you, right? Yeah. Nothing else will do, uh, and that's what I set out to do, and I. I don't know what Warren's career path was, but having kicked around the bars as a musician, that's what kind of prompted me to go to law school in the first place. And I think being, I still active in the music field as a player, four CDs later as an independent artist, I think that's the thing that keeps me in, not only in balance, but committed to the, to the field that I'm in.
1: Yeah. I do. The tie that binds. <laughs> well the big time just around the corner right <laughs> it always is
0: <laughs>
1: that that next show could be the one you never know who's in the audience um, yeah. no uh, that's wonderful um, I think it's so important I mean something I've continued to try and put together and I think is a common theme amongst law students is trying to marry what you're passionate about with your legal practice and um it's it's never the most obvious thing, so I think that maybe it's more of an evolution. And um, hearing a story about what you guys are doing with Alash shows that it, you know it doesn't always have to be uh, about money at the end of the day, and that often you can service your passion through you know servicing others in the community and perpetuating what you love. Yeah,
2: I agree for sure. You want you want to give back. Remember, we're we are a profession, not just
1: a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think that, uh, particularly in the you know the circles we run in the field that we operate in, there are uh, no shortages of um, uh, you know of opportunities to help. And um, I mean, I think I I find that uh, you know the um, almost without exception the uh, people that I uh, work with, you know, both in my own practice and definitely uh, at uh, a law. I are just very grateful for uh the service that uh, that we provide. And I think if you are uh, practicing in this field, you really do need to wanna to help. Uh and I don't I, I really don't think it is about the money in this particular field. I mean if you're you know, looking to uh uh get uh you know, rich off your uh, your, your practice, um, you know, I, I think you can do well uh, there are certainly other areas you would probably want to, um, you know, gravitate uh, towards. Cause I'm not sure that you're going to, uh, you know, find, uh, uh, you
1: know, a ton of financial success in in this particular area. Give a piece of advice for a, a law student or a young lawyer that wants to work with artists.
2: Uh, I think you have to stay focused and and don't they don't take on too much of a, an overhead. Uh, don't move too quickly to like for an office and staff, but yeah. it's organically and keep your expenses down, but stay focused because if you really want to do this and you start taking on other areas like criminal law, you know, real estate, family law, then you're going to be known for what you do. So you have to find some way to continue to stay focused. And the best way I think is, is to, to take on that work and try and avoid the other work, but at the same time, keep your costs down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would, you know, I, I agree with all of that. And I would, um, I mean, I think I would advise for people that want to get into this field to have a really uh, solid corporate commercial space. So much of what we do is, uh, you know, is, is contractual. And I think... Um, you know, knowing how to, uh, to draft, knowing, um, you know, knowing what actual, like, provisions mean, what indemnity provisions mean, what warranty provisions mean, um, uh, are, are all, you know, very, uh, critical in, uh, in this field. And I think if you have that, uh, uh, strong corporate commercial base, it'll, it'll serve you well. You're obviously going to need to come to understand, uh, You know industry standards in um, you know be it the music field or book publishing, film, what have you. Uh, But uh, I think it all comes back to those. um, You know, uh, again, being able to uh, just be a good uh, corporate uh, commercial lawyer. I I
2: would also add two other skills that are really, really important because you deal with contracts so much, or we do. Probably a good 85, 90 percent of what I do is contract driven. Being, uh, knowing about negotiation skills. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a really important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you need to know the business that you're in as well as your clients often. Because you're often giving them advice that's mixed in with the legal aspects, but you really have to understand. So if you're in the music business, you really have to understand how it works and what some of the key Issues are that affect the business to be able to advise them well. So, I mean, the good news is there's lots of material out there. I mean, besides some of the books that I've written, there's other books, business books. There's, there's some of, you know, you could read trade papers like Music Business World or, or Billboard, Biz Bulletin or the Billboard Magazine. There's some Canadian sources too. Uh, um uh, reading the contracts. <clears throat> Would really help you understand some of the issues too. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So all of that's good.
1: What, uh, what does Alas look like in the future? <laughs> wow. Well, bring, bring out the crystal ball.
2: Hopefully more of the same.
1: Good.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Another, another uh, number of good years. Uh, they have been good years, you know. Uh, we service probably several hundred artists in, in any given year that's a good thing. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's safe to say the demand will not go away. Um, you know, it's, it's all about us, uh, just maintaining a, you know, a, a good and a supply.
2: I think on that note, I'd really like, like to add too, because we've just taken on some new board members, and that shows sign that that I think that there's a commitment there beyond the, the people like myself, Marion, and David, who are the founders. That this is a valuable service that's worth, you know, continuing. I'm very I'm hardened by that, and I think there's some, you know, I, I think that shows promise for the future.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's a really nice spot to end it. Why don't you let us know, you know, if an artist wants to get in touch with Alas, where where can they uh, where can they go to get more information?
0: Probably our website is the, uh, the, 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 the you know, source where they could get the most information. And our, our website is just at, uh, alasontario.ca. Okay. Uh, so, um you know, and, and through the website, uh, you can get in touch with us uh, via email. or telephone number is, uh, uh, is up there. And, uh, as is, uh, uh, just some other, uh, general information on the services But uh, that we provide and when we provide them.
1: Thanks so much for the time.
0: You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career
1: Advancing Advice, right to your earbuds.